Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Security Insecure. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest today recently left the Love Island 2022 villa after entering on day 27 as part of Castle Moor. She lasted 12 days where she was known for coupling up with Andrew and telling us what really happened to her breasts <laughs> under the duvet without using any secret codes. A graphic designer, a shop girl, a ring girl. She worked at Primark. She worked at Superdry in Guildford. <laughs> she, she's left all that. She's left all that because she's known for Love Island. And when she left Love Island, she said she can't wait to see what boys slide into her DMs. Now, I was one of those boys, and I'm delighted that not only did she answer, but she's sitting right next to me right now. I'm delighted to welcome to you, Security Coco Lodge. <laughs> Hi. How was that intro for you? Oh, that was good. You know a lot about my life. I'm a bit scared. <laughs> you should be scared. You should be scared. I want to know more about your life, though. I want to know about the Chloe. Because okay. born Chloe... <laughs> But Coco is, it's always like an alter ego. And obviously on Love Island, we knew you as Coco. But I want to know the real Chloe. So is it all right to go back to Chloe? Yeah. Okay. So I haven't been known as Chloe since I was about two years old. But it was my school name and my work name has always been Chloe. But yeah, I guess I always say that when I'm crying or when I'm vulnerable, that is Chloe. And when I'm a sassy bitch, that is Coco. I agree. And that is what an alter ego is. And I have that kind of Jonathan and Johnny. You know, your parents, I presume, yeah. call you Chloe still. And if you're in no, trouble, No, they Chloe. call me Coco. What about if you're in trouble? Coco. Wow. My parents don't even like... Chloe is not my name to them at all. But some of my friends call me Chloe. And when I have, like, a fella in my life, usually if we're in an argument, they'll, like, turn and call me Chloe. I'm like, how dare you? I'm Coco still. <laughs> but, but like you said, you pick off that layer of vulnerability and that's where Chloe comes out. Yeah, Chloe. Little innocent baby Chloe. <laughs> I just don't suit Chloe. <laughs> you don't, but I, I like the idea that there's another side to you. And, you know, you went to a boarding school to begin with. And yeah. so, therefore... You had to find your identity, and it's almost like dog eat dog. You're all in there together. What was your position in that school? I mean, at school, I think I had like a best best friend at school, and we were so close. We were kind of just always together. We we weren't like we didn't really have any position at the school. Some people would say we were like popular, whatever, but really, we just spent our whole time together. Like we literally didn't leave each other's side. So I was just there to spend and live life with my best friend. I didn't really like 
wasn't really interested in making other friends, but just that one best friend at school. But then towards the end of school, it ended up making so many friends. So You're like so popular. Like, not really, no. <laughs> not really, because at school I didn't really excel in anything. Like, academically, I'm not the most academic. I work really hard, and I'm really good at, like, learning new skills myself. That's why, as, like, a graphic designer, I literally taught myself that in lockdown. In terms of, like, sports and stuff at school, I didn't excel in that area either, because, like, I can't... I've got no, like, coordination, so I couldn't, like, catch a ball <laughs> or anything like that. Like, I'm really into the gym now, but I didn't, like... In terms of school, like, none of the teachers were were really on my side because I wasn't academic I wasn't sporty I was just like floating if that makes sense and I would say the popular girls were the ones who were like playing netball and like all the really academic and like that they were like the head girl you know like that kind of like Saint Trinian's vibe. <laughs> so then what was your role in school then who were you in your year? I went to a boarding school but I was day boarding so I was in a house with like a load of girls so I was more friends with just them but I think some of the girls at school would probably say that we were like rude to them but we weren't we were just in our own bubble of our friendship group is it hard though if you're only day boarding and then you've got those who are night boarding as well then ones who are night boarding almost have ownership over the school because they're always there so they feel like well we're the, we're the og you know like a love island we <laughs> are the ogs yeah. of this. <laughs> when you fancy a boy who's like a boarder and you know that there's girls who fancy him who are boarding you're like at home like getting worried like oh my god they're gonna get him first so there was definitely like i think the the popular houses were like the boarding houses so like windsor which is a boarding house was like the popular house <laughs> which is so lame so basically if you were in windsor you were gonna end up popular and if you're in kensington the house i was in you're, you're like not popular that's like the weird house <laughs> so this is what's really interesting about a show like Love Island is it's all about confidence. It's all about self-belief. You know, if you're going to apply for that show or you're going to get scouted or you've known an agent and an agent's going to get you on Love Island, that's kind of three ways to get on the show. Yeah. You need to have that belief, that confidence. Number one, that you look good. Yeah. And number two, that you can carry yourself after the show and be a new reality star and be loved. Obviously, you've done work as a shot girl, as a ring girl, but where does that confidence come from for you? I would say that... The confidence is like a persona, to be honest. Like, I've definitely had my struggles with confidence. Like, I had an eating disorder when I was younger. I've, like, had a nose job. Like, I've had struggles with how I look and stuff. But as I got older, I just decided that everyone is uniquely beautiful. Like, me and my best friend, we always say, like, each face of, like, a woman and men, but we just talk about women more, is that each face on a woman is so, like, uniquely beautiful and everyone has, like, such unique features that everyone's so stunning in their own way. And for me, when I started to think like that, I didn't really care what people thought. And then I have, like, a very, like, energetic personality, probably a bit of, like, a persona to be, like, to cover up my own insecurities. So things like me for shot girling, I love it because... The boys are chatting you up, they're like 18. So it's like, of course, they're going to fancy a 27-year-old because, you know, you're older and they just like that. So it gives you a bit of a confidence boost and you can be like your bubbly self and like just have fun at work. And that's why I love doing that job because it does give you that confidence boost. Ring girling, everyone's eyes are on you. You're in that ring, you feel confident, you feel sexy. So it's kind of like doing these things that actually would help boost my confidence because secretly... Deep down inside, like, my inner child is probably quite insecure. As a ring girl, you're not wearing much clothing. <laughs> you've done a PT course. Yeah. So, therefore, and then you've had an eating disorder. So, your body confidence 
there's a lot there to it. You know, the eating yeah. disorder, you had to lose that weight, but now it's very much about showing off what you've lost. So where did that yeah. stem from? So I think when I was younger, like I've always had like the pouch at the bottom of my belly and I've always been insecure about it. It's something that like, I guess people had always pointed out in my body, like, oh, you've got like a double, we would call it when I was younger, like the lower stomach. So for me, that was always like an insecure thing. And I've got quite an obsessive personality, like... Like I do, like I'm a bit obsessive with like cleaning and stuff. So for me, I think when I started to lose weight when I was 17 and like going to the gym, I like got a bit obsessed and I'm a bit competitive. And I I was like, no, like I'm going to look unreal. So I just took it too far and was like eating way too little calories because I knew nothing about nutrition or like training at that point. So I was eating like the lowest calories possible, training for like... When we say low, how low are you talking? couple of egg whites and a protein shake and that was it for the day for the at the my worst yeah and then i would like go to bed at like this is when i was at uni in bournemouth for a year i'd like go to bed at like 6 p.m because i would want to stop myself from eating like it was really like getting bad and i'd train for like three hours a day just trying to lose weight lose weight and taking pictures every day i was like so obsessive over it thinking constantly what am i going to eat next what am i going to eat next and then my parents like obviously got involved because they saw like i was unwell I was like six stone my period had stopped my skin had grown like fur on it like to try and keep me warm like my body was shutting down so my parents took me to the doctors but they kind of never established me as having an eating disorder technically I shouldn't have my weight shouldn't have been considered okay but I don't really know why they didn't really take it serious at hospital and my mum was like if you don't get a PT and gain weight and like you you know start eating like I'm gonna send you to hospital myself like I'm gonna send you to like a home for like girls with eating disorders so for me I was like oh that's not what I want so I got a PT and I started like building muscle and the more I started building muscle and like getting into actual training like weight training and into nutrition and understanding the importance of like protein and carbs in your diet I then I started to like gain weight in a healthy way but I was just I was looking like extremely muscular I still was so lean but like I was gaining a healthy weight eventually gained my period but I still kind of had I forget the name I think it's like omenaria or something where you're like obsessed with the gym like you're you have this like insane obsession with what am I going to eat next you know it has to be clean I can't eat sugar like I didn't eat sugar for like three years I was literally sugar-free for three years, including, like, sauces, like, ketchup. Like, I wouldn't touch it. And now I've done, like, a whole 360. Now I know more about the gym because I've been studying, like, a PT course and training. Now I, I, like, have such, like, I don't even think about what I'm eating because I know, like, everything about nutrition. I know it, it doesn't matter as matter as long as you're training and overall you're quite healthy, you're fine. And I just don't really care anymore. So it's really weird how my mindset's just changed so much. But it's just as I've got older and I've kind of accepted that my body is never gonna be like a supermodel. I'm quite athletic looking, don't have much of a waist, I'm quite up and down and I just have to accept that's who I am and I'm happy with it now. But I wasn't when I was younger. And for those listening, if you're triggered by what you've heard, beateatingdisorders.org.uk yeah. is a great charity. That's beateatingdisorders.org.uk. Please do go and check them out if you're affected by what you've heard. And if you if you don't want to talk to Beat and you don't want to them up online, Samaritan, samaritans.org.uk or call them on 116 123. That's 116 123. So Samaritans or beateatingdisorders.org.uk. Please do go and check them out if you're triggered by what Coco's just said to you. So then you go on to Love Island. And I know I'm skipping a little bit, but just talking about body confidence, you're around all these women who are all in bikinis all day. Yeah. 
does that set you back? Because obviously you've done the education, you've done the work on yourself, but there's those little triggers. And if you're seeing everyone dressed, it's one thing. But if you're seeing everyone walking around in a bikini mm-hmm. and everyone's starting to compare each other, I know that um, I've seen in the press that the boys called you four out of ten. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk about that in particular, but I'm just, in general, Yeah. do those things set you back of almost like, I'm going to start triggering myself again? It's weird. In there, I didn't feel... Going into it, I wasn't really sure if I'd feel triggered, but I know that like recently in the past like three years, I haven't been triggered at all. So I kind of didn't expect to be triggered. And when I was in there, I realized like I was like not watching what I eat at all. I like, there was a few days I didn't eat at all, but that's because I was so stressed because I was heartbroken. <laughs> but apart from that, like I didn't watch what I eat. I didn't gym. Like I just was just felt I actually felt really confident in a bikini and like everyone in there this year I would say has such like a unique body it's not just like stick fin models like everyone has you know you've got people with curves you've got people with big bum you've got people with big boobs you've got people with you know fake boobs like it's all like it's all very inclusive this year and so I just felt like everyone just looked beautiful in their own body shape to be honest it's like I feel more confident in a bikini than I do in clothes because in clothes like I always feel like where I'm quite athletically built I don't have a waist not that it matters but that little mic that pulls it in was doing like wonders for my confidence <laughs> shout out to the mic <laughs> and that's the microphone not mic yeah the like person. the mic you know the bell the that back, we wear yeah, yeah. <laughs> itv obviously aren't here to defend or to comment on what you're saying yeah but uh they obviously have a duty of care to you yeah so can you just clarify when you said there are days where you didn't eat because you were stressed yeah. they have a duty of care of you did you physically not eat and did they not try and make you eat I would try and eat like a little bit of fruit and they they would, yeah, obviously be on my back about eating. They really were um, in all the lunch and dinner breaks. But, you know, I think at times in there, there's a few people who are just so stressed that they're just not hungry. Like it's hot. You're anxious. You're upset because emotions in there are so high. Um, And I, I do think they look after you well. And if you're not eating, they will be on your back about it. And also not even will they be on the your back about it the other people in there are like you need to eat something even if it's a bit of a fruit let me make you a bowl of cereal let me make you a toast like everyone really looks out for each other in there like and you know wants everyone to be well 100 percent. so why love island and why love island in 2022 had you applied for the show before what's the what was your approach i did actually apply for the show when i was like 21 or something so six and i applied off my own or six years 22 it was for the series with like danny dyer and that so series four so about 22 23 years old yeah and i i obviously didn't get in i didn't even get past the first round but i met my flatmate at the audition so i met this girl at the audition because they used to do it in like a group and you'd all be in the same room and no one else was speaking and me and her just hit it off and like it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me because she's now my best friend and she lives with me so if i'd never applied back then then I'd be living alone <laughs> with someone else. So it's still like a nice experience. But this year they scouted me ITV and I was men ago or married at first sight. Um, but at the time I, so I was really interested in doing married at first sight. I thought it'd be an amazing experience. Um, ITV had come approached me as well. I'd gone to a psychic because <laughs> I am like into that kind of thing. And he had told me to choose he said you've had two broadcasting opportunities choose the one where you're in a bikini but I was still on the fence because for me I kind of thought I was a bit old for Love Island and I kind of thought you know 
I actually want to find something and realistically if they put me with a good match in married at first I could actually come out with like a long-term partner whereas in Love Island my concern has always been everyone's also in there for opportunities let's not lie like you are and the boys are going to come out they're going to have a lot of attention they're fit boys and like would they like their eyes wander do you know what I mean because it's such a big show so I was still interested in doing Married at First Sight instead. Went, still went through the process, but I was still like fully attached to this guy who was very toxic for me and who had kind of destroyed my self-confidence and self-worth. So by the time it got to like filming Married at First Sight, I just didn't think my headspace was in the right place to go and do it. So I went to Thailand instead and did like a training camp and like really focused on myself, like blocked out him from my life the toxic boy and and some like other people who I thought were toxic for me and just read a lot of books and just kind of built myself up as a person so by the time I got back I had a call back for Love Island I turned down married at first sight they were annoyed about it which I feel bad but at the same time my mental health does come first um had my call back for Love Island heard that I was going on it and at that point I was in a good place and I just thought, what's the worst that can happen? Obviously, I didn't predict all the trolling and that effect on my mental health because I just thought with Love Island, I feel like the past few series have been very tame in what they've shown. No one was seen to be that bad or that argumentative apart from, you know, Faye last year. And I think that's just bad editing on her half because I've heard she's absolutely like unreal, amazing, lovely girl. Um, but I just kind of thought there's they can't edit me to be bad because I'm not like an argumentative person like they don't show like people having sex these days so my mum was like happy for me to do it you know like it kind of become more of a tame show so going on that I didn't think that obviously some of the things that have come out of this trolling wise and mental health implications were going to be as strong as they were but here we are. <laughs> God, there's so much depicting that. So much to depict in that. Um, so Married at First Sight, I presume you it would have been between you and Amy Christopher last year because you and Amy Christopher are kind of the two young, mid-20-year-old girls who were on that show. Well, this this was for this year. For this year coming. Yeah, so I was, I was meant to start in March. I did a one-day filming of Backstory, but my mental health at the time wasn't, like, fucked. Like, I wasn't, like, mentally unwell. However... Like, I'd just been seeing, like, a narcissist. And, like, he had, like, picked me apart to be, like, you know, questioned myself so much that I just thought for me to go on Married at First Sight right now, which is more intense than Love Island because you're literally living with a stranger for eight weeks in a flat because of COVID, you can't leave that flat. I spoke to one of my friends who had done it the year before, Nikita, and I just kind of decided that, for me right now, that's not going to be like a fun, rewarding experience because if it's if this guy is not someone I, I like, I'm going to be sat there like upset and just not, not enjoying the experience. So for me, it just sounded too intense and I thought that Love Island would be like that more lighthearted, fun show, young people like parties, you know, like <laughs> glass of wine every night. Like I thought it would be more, you know... um exciting and light-hearted however like it didn't really turn out that way but at the time that was my thought process it's really hard because if you're going to do Married at First Sight UK and you've got Paul C. Brunson the god and he's been on there he's been a guest on Security and Scoop before lovely. an amazing 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 person then you obviously got Mel Shannon and you've got Charlene 
If you're going to put yourself through that process, you're almost needing to open that can of worms up to have the therapy to go from one side to the other. And that's a lot to put yourself through of like, do I really want to open that can of worms? Do I really want to talk about this narcissist or do I want to move away? On the other side, you've also got the intensity that it could be amazing. You know, look at Taylor and Adam Taylor's pregnant from last year is now. Is she? Stop, that's so cute. I didn't know that. See, I, I hope I've said the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, uh, that is if so you didn't know cute. that, is it true? Um, so you could get married. I hope she is. Um, so you could get yourself married and you could have a baby. And, you know, we've seen on the Australian version, Cam and Jules have got, you know, a three-year-old or two-year-old now. And so you can go to that extreme and it's like almost, do I want to be married or do I want to just, just, you know, be above the sun and just breathe? I think I... Like, initially applying for that, my friend was casting for it, and I was like, yeah, like, I'm so up for it. Like, I do genuinely want to find someone. And at the time, I'd, like, cut myself off from all men, so I was so happy in myself when I first applied for Married at First Sight. And, like, they had told me, like, they'd found, like, the perfect match for me as well. Like, he was, like, good-looking, like, and it would last, and we were the couple that they thought would last for, like good but for me it was just too much of a gamble with how I felt at the time like filming was literally like in a week and I was like this is just too much right now I need to go away I need to work on myself because me going to do a show that intense could actually just go completely the wrong direction at the time and I was actually very concerned about trolling in the show because because this girl that I my flatmate's really good friends with Nikita and she'd um, received like very intense trolling and I just thought with Love Island the trolling's not that bad <laughs> oh how wrong I was oh, how wrong you were. Yeah. so you chose Love Island in 2022 and you end up going in to Castle Amour mm. when did you find out you were a Castle Amour bombshell I found out literally last minute so they called me and they were like we need you to leave tomorrow for Casa it was meant to be after Casa well at the beginning they, I was told I was going to be an early bombshell then it moved to one of the last bombshells, so like those girls who have just gone in, and then it moved to Casa. So I got like like a literally, I had about eight hours because they told me Monday evening that I was leaving on Tuesday, and then luckily I had my suitcases packed with me at my friend's house because I I knew that things can be last minute, so I was kind of ready to go. I just went and got my nails done, my hair done, and then left. I wasn't like particularly keen on doing Casa and more because I think. For me, like, I'm not the kind of girl who steals a man. Like, that's actually something that, like, if someone has a girlfriend or is, like, seeing someone seriously or, like, anything like that, for me, I'm just not that. I'm like, no, like, you're done. Like, you're not for me. So I wasn't really keen on going in and being that kind of character. However, like, I knew that there was obviously a single person in there, Jay, and I thought, well, you know, I'm it's the only opportunity I've got. So I either do it now or I don't do it at all. So I'm just going to go for it. Went in. Catherine Wall was actually really fun. All the girls I walked in with were lovely. Great time um, in there. And all the boys were really welcoming. And when you get in there, you realise that so, like the couples weren't as strong as we thought they were anyway on the outside because all the boys wanted <laughs> to cheat, basically. But it's not cheating because they weren't in a relationship. I don't regret going into Castro. I think like it's a it's a good experience and... Yeah, I mean, I would have preferred to be an original, but who wouldn't? Because you're more favoured by the public and probably the producers. So well, that's what it is. Because <laughs> you're there to be part of the storyline. So the reason that they basically have a pool of you, and there'll be people in holding still now, mm-hmm. even though the show's ending next week, um, is that 
each of you have a role to play to to mix it up because they know that's one of the boys types and you know for example if they put you in in week two that bombshell and i presume that was being danica who went in that. yeah so danica's role in there would have been your role but obviously danica had that stronger power to go to someone to split up yeah. that relationship whereas Obviously, we know about you and Andrew, but in week two, Andrew and Tash were quite strong still. So there'd be no point putting you in yeah. there if Andrew was your ideal person in there. So you go into Castle Moor, and obviously, you know what the role is. Your role in Castle Moor is to try and turn ahead. What's interesting about this series in particular is that all the boys that went in, all the boys, if you want to use the word cheated or got with other girls in there, they all went back to their to the original, original partners. And therefore, it was almost like, well, what was the point of Castle in the first place? Exactly. So when you go into Casa and you're trying to do that, and you know you did turn on Andrew's head, obviously, were you conscious that there's a role that the producers have set up for you? They're wanting you to take that boy's attention away. There's no point you going in and going, oh, I don't like any of these yeah. guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have a role going into Casa, and it's one of those things where I'm a bit like, why even do Casa anymore? Because six girls, six boys are going in. They want this amazing experience, and you don't get the same experience as other people in there and it's kind of like a little bit unfair it's obviously so you still get amazing things come from it but it is like a little bit unfair because you don't even get a chance to have like a real connection in there because the way things are but back in the day when casa first started people would turn their head and they would stick with them because it wasn't all about like winning the crown and getting to the final now i think people will have their fun cause the drama for the tv like i think that's a lot a lot of in their heads maybe the boys are thinking when they're doing stuff like that you know it's a tv show um and then the original girls come back and they just go straight back to them whether they've got a strong connection with someone else instead like and it just it is just the way it is we saw it last year as well everyone went back to their originals last year so it's like almost what is the point of Castor and War now because it's the same thing's gonna happen next year i'm sure like do you know what i mean like people don't want to drift because they want the public to like them. And that's just the truth. Yeah, it's true. And you look at someone like Callum Jones and Molly Smith. A couple yeah. of years ago, Callum obviously was with Shauna. He goes into Casa. Couples up with Molly. But they're still together. So it can work. But you're right. I think from a TV perspective, obviously, it's storylines. And you've done your challenges. And now it's that next phase of the TV show. And there are always rumours of, oh, are they going to get rid of Casa more because of what it does to mental health and this year they didn't do the postcards they obviously did movie night but they didn't do the postcards which we saw i think it was little danny dyer with the postcards that had the breakdown over it um but the postcards being really like oh my god they're cheating i know they actually did it in the end like the whole thing is is that people just take the show a bit too seriously because these boys aren't cheating they've known these girls for four weeks and i'm sorry but on an outside world they would be shagging left right and center cheating because that's what men are like <laughs> it's true and they're not in a relationship with these girls so like the whole thing of like people like hating all the cassie girls like all the comments under like the post of us are disgusting like saying how ugly we are home wreckers blah 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 it's like it's really not that deep we could have been in at the beginning and you would love us like you just need to calm down like we're not home wreckers we've been put in and caster and more it's once in a lifetime experience you're gonna try and turn a boy's head you don't want to go home they're all fit you fancy them no one's in a relationship the boys have made it clear we can get to know them. So why are you coming at us? It's always the other girl you're going to come for. You don't get the same with them coming for the Casa boys, but you always get it with them coming at the Casa girls. These sluts, blah, blah, blah. How are we sluts? I could have been in week one and you would love me. How am I a slut? The problem is, is that, you know, uh, talking as a massive fan of the show, 
every Love Island that I meet and every and most TV shows of reality stars that I meet, and you'll hear this on Security Insecure all the time, is, you know, you only get to see 45 minutes, it's all edited, it's 24 hours, mm. it's all filmed, blah, blah, blah. As a viewer, though, and I think this is something... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But we don't talk about enough is we can only judge on what we see. And mm-hmm. we're so invested in it. And remember, this is a show that's on seven nights a week. Yeah. Every single night we're watching religiously. And we know that TV is changing. We know we're not watching a lot of linear TV. We're watching a lot of streaming sites yeah. now. But we're all coming together at nine o'clock every single night for eight weeks to watch Love Island. And we're so invested. And I, we know you're real people. Yeah. We know that. But on TV, you're actors. And we know you've not got scripts. And we know yeah. we know everything about Love Island. We know that, you know, you're told to talk to certain people. Yeah. We know it's not scripted, though. But at the end of the day, you are performing. You're on stage. It's a theatre production. Mm-hmm. We can only judge on what we see. So when these girls... And these are like 13, 14, 15-year-old girls who are probably trolling you. Yeah. They don't mean it. They don't... They're, they're, they're playing to what we're being shown. It's not personal yeah. to you. Yeah. And something I've noticed about you is you put up... A, it was a TikTok on Instagram. It was lots of captions of what people had said about you. Mm-hmm. And it said Coco, obviously. But you hadn't been tagged in it. Yeah. They'd just written it. So did you go on Twitter yeah. and just search your name? Yeah. So when I got out of the villa initially like I saw a few comments under some posts and I noticed my friends had like turned my TikTok comments to like them approving and my friends still have access to my account now and I know they're still so worried about me so they go through and try and delete any hate before I see it bless them 
But so I hadn't really seen much when I got my phone back. I'd seen a few things that I was upset about. But overall, all I saw was love. I went to Stratford that day and people were coming up to me asking if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, why? And then these girls were like, obviously all the stuff that had come out about me on TikTok, Twitter, all this hate. And for me, it really affected me. And I got in this like dark hole of actually going and searching for more hate, searching my name. I don't know why. It was like I was feeding. It's like a bug you can't yeah, get. Yeah, I was like feeding off the hurt. And I was like crying, crying, crying. And then a few days later, when like I was getting like really nice messages from like people who, before going in, I was like obsessed with like GK Barry, the TikToker. I was like, oh my God, she loves me. Like, this is great. She thinks I'm iconic. So for me, I was like, you know what, I don't really care about the haters. I'm the one who's on Capital FM. Like, that's amazing experience for me. I'm the one going to these cool events. I need to, like, enjoy the positive. And then I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to go screenshot these comments and I'm going to do a post calling out the haters for you making me feel like when I first got out, honestly, I felt absolutely horrendous because I looking at myself in different like I'd, I'd look in the mirror and be like I hate what I see now and I didn't think that before I was like I hate my jawline like why is my jawline so, so manly but I can't help it I was born that way like you know and like my nose everyone was like her nose I'm like I've had a nose job like I've actually changed my nose already do you know what I mean so it- I bet it did and therefore obviously you're given access to therapy yeah you know and you're supposed to do it for a couple of months after that's part of itb's duty of care did you go and seek your own therapy like what was your therapeutic to that to switch off those comments to go i need to give myself some self-love because you don't want to go back to what you did of having an eating disorder again well i think for me when i first got out like i spoke to the psych i asked to speak to the love island psych on the sunday i came out on the saturday so i spoke to her and i was just speaking to like other islanders like on the Saturday so I'm friends with Samira from a past series she come and saw me and really helped me understand that these just stupid comments and then I was on a night out and I saw um Mehdi who was in last year's cast room more and he had a really nice conversation I was like crying to him in the club <laughs> How embarrassing but he gave me like a really nice pep talk so I felt a bit better and then on the Sunday I spoke to the psych but I still felt really like shit and I didn't want to go on after some but then I thought you know what I'm gonna see China Jacks Jay so I'm gonna go so I went to after sun and just seeing like Jacks and he'd been through very similar to me like kind of level of hate and I could see he was obviously hurting as well but it just made me think like I'm not alone in this China who was another Cassie girl she she didn't never got as much hate as me but she did get a bit but she came and she's she's still living with me now so she's staying with me at the moment and it's just having that support of other islanders who understand it because as much as your real friends like they've been there for me like so much and i love them so much for everything they've done like they don't really understand it on the same level because they haven't been through it like personally do you know what i mean like it's something that only i think another islander can relate um because even like my best friends they've done tv they want to what to handle but they never experienced like this kind of hate and this kind of trolling so for me the reason i was struggling so much at first is i didn't really know who to talk to about because yeah i can talk to the love island therapist but they've never experienced it but from talking to other people who've done the show with me or past series or I've had messages from, like, other people from past series who experienced bad trolling, like Savannah Darnell. Yeah. Savannah Darnell, yeah. And they're like, do you want to go for a coffee and talk about it? The the twin last year, his brother messaged me. Twin, Brett, twin Scott, his brother, messaged me. 
and was like, do you want to go for a coffee? Like, I know, like, what you're going through. And I just think that's the stuff which has helped me, is talking to the other islanders. Like, that level of bubble of support from people who have done, like, been through the same experience is what's helping me get out of it. I don't think the Be Kind campaign, I don't think we can be preaching about it. We know, obviously, what's happened yeah. there. And I'm very sceptical about the Be Kind campaign because I feel like everyone who says Be Kind, you sit in their bios. Is the trolling. Oh, the trolls. <laughs> like, Do you remember what you just said? No? Oh. The problem with Love Island is that there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon. Okay? So you've got the trolls. But then you've got people saying, well, it's just misogynistic. There's bullying. It's all headline grabbing. Yeah. There's no therapist that's going on the show. Like a celebs go dating, you've not got Paul C. Bunce and Anna Williamson walking and going, right, stop the show. Let's just talk about this. Yeah. What do you think about this now? You've been in there. You've seen it up close. Is it misogynistic? And is there actual bullying? Or is this a media storm that's been created? I, I think it's a media storm. Like, when you're in there, we're all so close. And you, like, obviously, everyone gets on your nerves in there. You're living with them 24-7. And, like, boys are just fucking annoying in general, let's be honest. Like, and, you know, those boys in particular, like, someone like Luca, he has, like, he's, like, bit of a geezer banter central i don't think it's bullying like a lot of what people are taking as him bullying tasha i generally think is just like if you were in there like obviously i haven't been in there in the recent weeks when the movie night and stuff happened but from me thinking about being in there and looking in i don't think it's bullying i think it would be like just passing comments that two seconds later they'd be laughing about like generally that's what i think like for me when i was in there everyone got on really well luca and tasha were really close i could and he was like supporting them getting back together he was he helped tasha organize asking angie to be her boyfriend so i'm like i don't really see it as bullying no or like yeah but that one was afterwards that was after he'd yeah, asked her that's when it all blew but up i just think like i think it's been like edited to make him look really bad and i I just can't, like, that Luca who I see say these comments is not who I saw in the villa. So for me, it just doesn't add up. Like, I don't think he's bullying. I think it's just, I don't know, comments which have been made, which is not obviously not acceptable looking in at these comments, but I don't think that that's the full story. I think we've seen edited to make him look particularly really bad. Well, and while, Dammy. Well, whilst we're talking about them, because it's better that we defend, not we defend their actions, but it's better mm. that there's a voice to actually defend them. Yeah. What about when he was telling Gemma off for flirting with Billy, even though she didn't entertain it? Because again, that was a big thing that he was gaslighting her and, and he was abusing her emotionally. Mm, I mean, look, for me, I've been emotionally abused. And that is like, from what I've seen of them in the villa and you know, him saying about her talking to Billy, that doesn't look like to me what I experienced at all. And he's so sweet over her. And he, you know, he is like protective, not possessive, protective of her, as he should be. He cares about her. She's young. I think you, like, obviously he's got a bit jealous over the whole Billy thing. And I saw that when I was in there. I think there was a moment where he was jealous as well. But it didn't seem like to the level of extent of what, it looked like looking in, it looked like he was like fully obsessive and too possessive over her. When like when we were in Casa, like he was missing her, yeah. But he honestly was just like so chill. Like in the challenges we we're like, oh Luca, like obviously Gemma's doing that one. He was, I don't care. Like he's not like this like mad possessive person they're making him out to be. Like Luca's really nice and Luca really like had my back in there during the recoupling with um where I was chosen last, when it got to that moment, 
like some of the people around the fire pit were laughing when I was standing up there alone and Luca was the one to be like guys Coco's standing up there alone you're being so disrespectful so to me like I just think he's a nice guy and I just don't see this whole character that they're trying to make him out to be from living with him like I just don't see it I think the problem is with Gemma and Luca is that they obviously were the one of the first couples to couple up yeah public shows that and we obviously knew who Gemma was through Michael originally Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, they were like our Danny Dye and Jack Finch. Yeah. This year. And we all backed them day one. We all wanted to be them, you know. And it's that thing when you look at couples, you're like, I want to be that couple. <laughs> then there's the whole thing about the age difference. You know, the fact that Gemma's only 19 and he's in his 20s. There was a big thing about that. Mm. And then it was almost like, well, we can't just let them get on with it and just sail. And so when we watched the girl chats on the terrace in the mornings, Gemma is always in the corner. She doesn't say much the way it's edited. She's always in the corner, sunglasses on, doesn't really want to be part of the group. Is like, I've already done this. And then you've got, obviously, the producers going, well, look, we're going to put Jackson. He's your ex-boyfriend, like ex on the beach style. We're going to shake it up a bit. Yeah. We want Gemma's head to turn. We need to give Gemma some drama. That didn't happen. But to the producers, Gemma is still the winner of the show. Yeah. So what do we do? Oh, I know. Let's put Billy in. In Castle Moor, who's her best friend's best friend. Yeah. They obviously know each other. Yeah. That's going to do something. Oh, look, they're flirting. That's going to do something. And so the way it's been edited, the way we've seen it as viewers are Gemma and Luke on this amazing love journey, but actually there's underlying tension that needs to be sorted. And that's where we need to get our drama because we're not getting enough drama as a viewer on this show this year. I mean, I just think that for me, like, you know, Jack's like, he was already in the running. Like, they didn't actually know until like very final stages of interviews that like they were already cast by the time they worked out they were even exes like that's something that like talking to the casting team and i was i saying after they actually said like Gemma's sitting on the terrace with her sunglasses that's just Gemma. like Gemma's can be standoffish at first but she's the most lovely girl and wow she's so mature for her age like she's just like like 19 going on like 30 like she's amazing she's so so nice caring sticks up for all the girls like such a lovely person i just think like she's just not the type of person to even like give drama like a look like she's she's not interested in having drama in her life she's so mature for her age she's not like she doesn't care about having you know the airtime or anything like that she's just just being so genuine to herself i think so i think that's why you're not getting drama out of her because there's no drama so she's not going to just pick it up from thin air and cause drama like some of the people in there just for a show but this is my problem with Gemma is I find at times... I love her. Right? Yeah, she's I, great. I'm a massive fan of hers. But there are times when she talks to Luca that I find she's almost talking down to him and condescending him. And really? just trying to put him in his place. And again, this could all be the way it's edited. But I just find sometimes mm-hmm. that she can be that bit standoffish and treat Luca like a child. Or it's almost like she's... Like you said, she's mature, but she's trying to go up. She's trying to be in her mid-20s and be like everyone else. And it's hard if you're 19 to be around people that you're not just being seen as baby. Well, I think, like, I just think that it's not... I think sometimes maybe, like, he needs to be put in his place. Like, I, when I was in, the only thing she'd ever explain to him is where, like, you know, he's wrong or where one of the other boys is wrong. Like, she was the one who explained to Luca why... Because he didn't understand why, like, I was so upset and hurt after, like, doing the whole, like, obviously stuff under the duvet of Andrew and why I would feel used and stuff from that and she was the one to, like who explained it to him because she's just so mature she explains things even better than me she's not condescending him or putting him in his place I just think sometimes like she's the voice of like 
reason to to the men like she knows how to talk to them and tell them like when things are wrong and and that kind of thing whereas i know that me talking to to the boys when i'm emotional and in that state already like i can't piece myself together and explain it in a way that makes sense when i'm emotional so you know she kind of does that for some of the girls at times like tasha or me like the people who are more emotional of the characters because she's just so emotionally mature like I don't believe she's 19. <laughs> like, what books has she been reading? Because I need to read them. She gives the best advice ever. <laughs> you mentioned Andrew. Let's let's just go over that really mm. quickly. Yeah. Because obviously that was the big storyline for you. That's how mm-hmm. you're going to be annoyingly remembered. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to that storyline, the whole incident of what happened, that shouldn't have been ever a thing. You know, what happens under the duvet happens under the duvet. We know that it ha- happened with Eric and Sue and that was kind of, it appeared and then it went away again. Mm-hmm. The thing that lasted is obviously what you said to Tash of, yes, but he sucked my nipple. Mm. And that was the big go away, throwaway comment that yeah. everyone's taken away from it. Looking back now, a couple of weeks later, how do you feel that, not how that conversation went, but I suppose from a TV world, how those how those scenes went. You know, was it set up like that? Was it supposed to be so dramatic like that? Not at all. Like, honestly, the way that happened was... So I was never going to say anything about, like, what we actually did. But then the fact that I could see them going back to each other, I was just, like, in shock because he was, like, lying to me still, like, basically not being fully honest. He was like, no, I'm not getting back for her, I'm not getting back for her. And I could just see they were, like gravitating back towards each other which I didn't mind but just the lies were just getting too much and I had genuine feelings for him and like they cut it all out but I was crying like 24 7 in there because I was hurt and I it would like triggered like this trauma from the last person I was seeing who was like slightly emotionally abusive to me and not Andrew was not at all emotionally abusive to me but it triggered these like past feelings of myself and my own self-worth that caused this like almost like just so much emotion and I was crying constantly Ekansu was trying to whose mum is like a relationship coach for like you know these kind of men who are like that and she was like I can tell you've been really hurt in the past and you know that's why you're feeling like this da 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 and I was just so emotional and I was crying to the producers at the front of the villa because that's where they take you out to have a chat when they can see you're upset then I walked back in and and like the Casa boys, I was still so emotional crying. And they're like, why are you crying? And so I explained to them like, you know, and I've got a big mouth, like <laughs> I've got no footwear. And I was like, yeah, he sucked my tits. They didn't want to ruin me. And now he's going straight back to her, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, tell her, tell her. And I was like, no, I still, like, I just can't break someone's heart. But then I went and said to Andrew, like, I've done something bad. I've told the Casa boys, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this comes out. And then he went and told her. So the way it happened looks really weird, but it's because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. At the same time, she should have known. Let's be honest, looking back now, she should have known. Imagine they'd ended up in a relationship together and she never knew he'd done that. Like, it's, it wouldn't have been right. But at the time, like, I was so emotional and so, like, in my feelings. I didn't want to push Andrew further away, so I didn't want to tell Tasha directly and have, like, him pushed even further away from me when I liked him and caused like them to like erupt and then he holds this against me forever and also like we were already not welcomed by the girls so I was like on the fence about even wanting like the whole truth to come out so the way it come out looks really bad to be honest and that's probably something I would change but at the time I I can't go back and change the fact that I'm an emotional person and I didn't want to let these things out and I couldn't even have like a proper conversation with Andrew about how hurt he made me because I had such this guard up and 
I don't like being vulnerable in front of a guy who I like. I just don't like it because I've done that before. The last person I was seeing when I'd be vulnerable would be like, why are you crying? Do you control your own emotions? So you need to fix them. So for me, like I didn't want to show this vulnerability to Andrew. So the way this whole thing come out, he never knew how upset like I really was. So it looked so dodgy. And that's why he said to me like, oh, it looked planned. I'm like, no, it wasn't planned just at the time. I was so emotional and it just came out in anger like to like the guys almost in like a jokey way because that's me kind of like protecting myself like oh how can he do that like because I'm embarrassed because I'm sat there crying over a guy who I'd known for like four days do you know what I mean but it's also hard for you to go well do I believe in Andrew and Tasha's relationship you know again as a viewer we're trying to root for these couples you know it's a week to the final and so we're going right who's gonna win who's gonna win who's gonna win mm. Andrew and Tasha were really strong at one point and then they're a bit rocky so they're not gonna win but then they become boyfriend and girlfriend, so maybe they're going to win. And you're in there going, well, do I believe this? Is this just for the TV? Or could they go the whole way? I mean, to be honest, at first, I'm going to be completely honest, I thought it was just for the TV. I thought, you know, she had these these times where she even said to me, like, oh, I just feel like Billy brings out a different side of me. You saw her say it on there. And so I was like, oh, maybe, like me and Summer had said to her, like, maybe there's something missing between you and Andrew then and that that's not the person for you if you think there is something missing and we were just like you know don't think about what anyone in here thinks that the other boys whatever or the public think just do what's right for you and I think her even going back to him is like she knew the public didn't like them together her going back to them is kind of like I think very genuine because if she was so concerned about what other people think she just wouldn't have even gone back to him to be honest she would have just stuck with Billy because everyone like the public never really was behind Andrew and Tasha anyway. And I think, personally, I think they're the ones who will probably surprise us. They are very drawn to each other in there. Going in there, I didn't think that she really liked him. Being in there and seeing, even in, like, the breaks from filming, how, like, much she's, like, staring at him and stuff, I can tell. Like, she generally does have feelings for him. And that, for me, was even hard to see in there. Because, obviously, going back in there with him, I thought that she didn't even like him so I was like oh I don't really care that I've like kind of taken him from her and like I'm gonna explore this with him and like then I was annoyed like why is he prying me off for someone who doesn't even like him like how embarrassing for him but reality is actually when I was in there and saw it with my own eyes I could see that actually there is something very strong between them and like they are very drawn to each other and I I can like even though it wasn't nice to see with my own eyes I can see that how it could work on the outside. So who do you think won't last? Who do you think's not strong who's doing it for the TV? I don't really think any of them are doing it for the TV who are in there. Oh, well, Paige and Adam probably would be the ones who I'd say probably won't last, but they've only been seeing each other, like, what, two weeks? But they're exclusive. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> do you not see them working on the outside? I just don't see how she's switched from Jax to Adam so quickly, that's all. They could work. Um, I mean, Adam is fit, like fit. And obviously, really nice to be honest and mature. And maybe that's something she she does need is someone like a bit more mature. For me, those were the ones who I would say just purely based on time and like the fact that she was with Jax before. I don't really see them lasting as much as like Luca and Gemma, Dami and India, and Andrew and Tasha and Ekansu and Davide. Like I think those four will all come out as a couple, all last for a bit. But I'm not sure about the younger ones. Like Luca and Gemma, I love them as a couple, but where they're so young, you grow a lot as you get older. Like I know the 19-year-old me was like the girl who had an eating disorder and I've changed so much since then. So for me, pure like based on age, I think those two will drift apart and change a lot as they get older. And I'd like to say, you know, Luca, when he went in, I was like, right, 
here's the next TV presenter, you know, or yeah. you'd put him on Celeb to Go Dating. If you're casting and he's single, you want him on Celeb yeah. to Go Dating. And so I still see this Jack the Lad who isn't ready to settle down yet. And with Gemma, mm. I see her career very much like Danny and Danny Dyer being Michael Owen and Gemma Owen and them getting yeah. loads of deals to do together. I don't see them as a couple who are going to be a brand on their in their mm. own right. I mean, yeah, maybe not. I think they'll last for a bit, though. And you know what? They could surprise us, but I just think purely based on age and, and like, I mean, going through something like that, when she comes out at 19, like, that's going to be a big change in her life anyway. And I just think they might, yeah, they might grow apart purely based on the fact that their lives are going to change a lot when they get out and they're still young. One more question on Gemma. Obviously, the big question we've all been asking is, why do we not know that her dad was Michael Owen? When Marcel went in and it was like, oh, Marcel Somerville from Blazing <laughs> Squad, you know, and Danny Dyer, yeah. my dad's Danny Dyer. Why have we not known and seen Gemma talk about her dad, Michael? She just doesn't really like to talk about it at all. Like, I think someone tried to bring up her dad at one point and she was like, no, like, not talking about it. Well, I think that's, like, nice. She's in there to build, like, her own name and, like, make relationships where people aren't meant to really know who her dad is. And I think that's fair enough. But all of you who went in later, Bombshells, Castle Moore, you all knew who Michael was, obviously, and the link to well, Gemma. obviously we know her dad is like some footballer, but I mean, I have no idea who he is. I don't like football. No, but you knew her dad was a <laughs> but, famous footballer, yeah, but the know... OGs wouldn't have known that. So how did they um, find out? I mean, to be honest, they probably do did know. Like if They would have been in isolation with their phones when people were rumoured. So they probably seen she was rumoured and seen she was Michael Owen's daughter, first of all, but... Also, I'm sure someone's come in and said something. Fine. But, but I don't know, because when I got in there so late, everyone already knew, so, you know. It wasn't entertained. Yeah, it wasn't entertained at all. And, and like, no one really cares. Like, we don't really know who he is, because we're <laughs> You're all so young. young. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not that young, but, yeah, we no one really knows who he is, you know? Like, more like Ronan Keaton's son. Like, everyone kind of knows who he is, you know? So, final question for you. Last week on the podcast, Aaron revealed a great secret about Love yeah. Island. He spoke about that the boys shout outside and the girls got the bathroom inside. And then that they do two challenges a week, but we don't get to see all the challenges. So, oh. he set the bar. What's your secret about Love Island that no one knows? I know you've been asked this on Capital and a couple of other places already. So Yeah, to come up with a new one. You need a new one of what no one knows. And I know a lot about Love Island. Did you know that we can like request basically anything we want? In terms of what? Like anything we want, like makeup products, clothes, shoes, trainers. Like you can go in the Zoom room, request it, and like two days later, it'll be there for you. And But if it's on brand, one of their sponsors, they'll show it on TV. But if not, you just um, get to use it without it. If not, they'll put a sticker over it, like a sticker over the label. So it's not, you can't see the branding, but you can still use it. So like when DJs go clubbing, they have a rider list. What's on your rider list? So what are you asking for? So do you go, I want Jelly Babies, I want M&Ms? Oh, or is for it only me, clothes? it was like, I don't have socks, I need socks, or like, I need this this stick to gel my hair down. <laughs> like, it's like, we would ask for the most ridiculous things, us girls, like, literally just random things like moisture, like certain type of some moisturizer, or like, the girls were asking to get their hair extensions redone, and they'd get sent the hair and get that done, like, just ask for the most random things, or yeah, you can ask for certain types of food, like cranberry juice, we didn't have any, we wanted some cranberry juice, <laughs> like, just random things, but literally they will sort out anything you want. Like they, I miss it. Like now I'm back and I'm like, fuck, I wish I still had that. <laughs> so could, could you order a massage? A uh, no, massage. I don't think they would give you a massage. They did send the girls in to get their 
um, hair and nails done. But like us Casa girls had just got into the main villa. And to be honest, there wasn't enough time for us. So only the OG girls got to have it done. Which is a bit annoying, but is what it is. Coco lodged there on Skidding Skid. Thank you so much to her. What a series Love Island has been. The finals on the 1st of August. I cannot wait to see who is going to win. And then I'm going to dread to see the bit where they, you know, split the £50,000. Are they going to split it or not? It's not happening in eight series. It's not going to happen this year. I guarantee you they're not going to split the money. I guarantee you this year one of them is not going to steal the money. It will be split equally equal as it's been for the past eight years. You've been listening to Kidding Skid with me, Johnny C. If you like what you heard, please do go on iTunes, give it a five-star rating and leave a review. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. So tell everyone that and share it all over your social media pages. Let's get some positive press. Let's get some positive news lines. Mm. Let's get some positive comments coming to Coco. Enough with the negativity, guys. Let's remember to be kind. Let's remember to just enjoy the show. Enjoy it as a fan. You've been listening to Cooling Scare with me, Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.